Today's guest is author and podcast host Kelly O'Loughlin, and she talks about how to thrive as a highly sensitive person and much, much more. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. And I have another special guest for the show today, and now I'm really embarrassed because I just forgot how to say your last name. <laughs> my, my instant was to say it the other way, but I'll give it a, I'll have you say it in. <laughs> uh, but Kelly is my guest today, and Kelly, I'll let you say your last name so I don't butcher it. Sure. My name is Kelly O'Loughlin. O'Loughlin. Jeez. <laughs> See, I, I, I had it there. And so Kelly O'Loughlin is is um, someone I wanted to speak with because of what she does with the Highly Sensitive Person podcast. And I was just really curious to learn more about it. So first of all, thank you um, for coming on the show as a guest, and I'm glad to have you here. And how are you doing today? I'm great, Blake. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great to talk to you. Awesome. So just for starters, um, I like to just ask at the beginning, you know, your background and, and just so we can get an idea of who you are and, and what happened on your journey to, you know, that led you to what you're doing now? Sure. Well, I'm afraid I don't really have that exciting of a story. <laughs> um, I grew up in the Midwest in Michigan, where I believe you're from as well. <laughs> yes, the Mitten in Michigan. And uh, I spent some time in New York, and now I live in San Diego in Southern California, where it is supposed to be 86 degrees today in the almost Thanksgiving. It's crazy. Uh, and... Um, my professional background is mainly in writing, professional writing and marketing. And I got to a point where I wasn't sure if I wanted to be doing that anymore. I didn't feel fulfilled. I wasn't fulfilling my life's yearnings, you might say. <laughs> and um, so my husband and I kind of took a year off. And in 2013, we left our jobs and we traveled around the world, um, staying in places for extended periods of time while also doing, working online, like kind of doing online business stuff. Okay. And at that, in that time period, I was trying to find, I'm like, I need some kind of project. I need something I can work on. You know, what's going to be my thing? <laughs> and I spoke to a friend of mine who's this really successful digital nomad, as they call them, these people who travel and work remotely around the world. Mm -hmm. And she kind of quizzed me and asked me like, what are the things you're interested in? I told her all these things and she helped me decide. She's like, I think a good idea for you would be to follow this, your interest that you have in highly sensitive people or HSPs. So that's kind of how it started. I can credit my friend who told me to do that. I started a blog and I try to take the approach of being very personal and um, kind of friendly and even sort of funny sometimes or I'll even complain about things. So I think it's sort of a different approach than some other blogs take about being highly sensitive. And then I also started a podcast about a year to, a year ago also about highly sensitive people and have a book. And um, that's where I'm right now. It's very fulfilling. The reason – I didn't even say why I did this. The reason I wanted to 
work in the area of highly sensitive people is because when I learned about what it meant to be an HSP, it was totally life-changing. And it was so wonderful and great to have this realization, like the self-realization. So I really wanted to just help other people have that realization too and put that information, help spread the information. And um, that was the reason that I went down that path. No, that's awesome. And I really did enjoy hearing that. Can you talk about what what led you to you know highly sensitive um the subject of highly sensitive people what 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 was going on that made this you know uh interesting for you to to really look deeper into if you will and then um and then yeah what i guess we could start from uh, that perspective first mm-hmm. okay so why did how did i learn about it really mm-hmm. <clears throat> it really started with the book Quiet, which was written by Susan Cain several years ago, and it was like the introvert Bible. It was the book that started the whole sort of introvert revolution. You know, everyone's talking about how they're introverted nowadays and everything. So I remember when that book was coming out, I learned about it and I read it eventually. And that was also life-changing because I didn't even really know what an introvert was. And I'm I'm an introvert. So that was really exciting. So I spent a lot of time reading things on the internet about being introverted and this phrase, highly sensitive person kept popping up. And when I'd see it, I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Like (laughs) these people sound terrible. I'm definitely not one of these sensitive, oversensitive people. So I kept Mm -hmm. ignoring it. And then finally one day I'm like, you know, maybe I should read a little more about this HSP thing. I haven't really looked into it. Mm -hmm. So that's when I looked farther into what actually meant. And that's another reason that I do what I do is I, the phrase highly sensitive person can be off-putting to some people because the word sensitive often has a negative connotation. Right. Yeah. So I, I try really hard to make people realize that it's, it's not a bad thing. (laughs) No, I think that's great. So, so just speaking of that, um, the first thing I would like to ask is, you know, what is, you know, highly sensitive people. So like, what does that mean? And, mm-hmm. and what doesn't it mean? Cause like you were just saying that it can get a bad name and, and get, get these negative connotations attached to it. So what, what have you found it to be and not to be? Yes. So first thing I want to say is a lot of the research that comes out about HSP is from this woman named Dr. Elaine Aaron. So I definitely want to give props to her because she's the like scientist who's, you know, the researcher who's done a lot of this research. So I didn't invent any of these things. Just okay. give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is to be highly sensitive is, um, well, another phrase for it is having sensory processing sensitivity. So if you think about that phrase, it's sensory processing sensitivity. You're processing, like your senses are processing everything in the world around you kind of at a higher level maybe than other people. Like it's a little more sensitive to everything. So to be sensitive means that you're observant and you're conscientious, which are great qualities, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there are a lot of other things it means too. You can be easily overwhelmed by a lot of stimulation. You are aware of subtleties. Um, You usually have a lot of empathy for other people and other creatures you might be really sensitive to caffeine or other drugs. Um, things, environmental things might overwhelm you or kind of bug you a lot, like bright lights, loud sounds or incessant sounds, certain fabrics, like itchy fabrics, 
uh, for me, working in a cubicle was tough because mm. I felt like everything bothered me <laughs> and I was distracted by a lot of things. Okay. Um, you're often deeply moved by art or nature or music. You might get frazzled kind of easily. You get startled easily, jumpy. Um, don't like having a lot of things to do at a certain time. Some HSPs don't like violent movies or TV shows. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. I don't like scary movies. And um, yeah, those are, I think those, that could go on, but those are, it's kind of a nutshell of what Mm -hmm. it is to be, to have sensory processing sensitivity. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. So, so thanks for saying that. And then when you talk about, you know, what it doesn't mean, can you touch a little bit more about that as well? Yes. And I, and I, sort of touched on this a second ago, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people when they hear HSP and they hear sensitive, they think oversensitive or Mm -hmm. hypersensitive. And it's not necessarily those things. Um, In my mind, when you hear the word hypersensitive, to me that's someone who doesn't have coping skills. So if something happens to them, they just can't deal with it because they don't have appropriate coping skills. But having being a highly sensitive person doesn't mean you don't have coping skills. You can learn coping skills. You can have them. Um, so to me, there's definitely a distinction between being like a hypersensitive, you know, for example, right. and being highly sensitive. It does not mean that you cry all the time. It doesn't mean that you are um, you can't take a joke or that you're a drama queen. You know, a lot of these things that that pop into people's heads when they think of someone who's really sensitive. They think of someone in their life they've known that they thought was really annoying and (laughs) because they are just always overreacting or whatever. Um, That is not necessarily what this means at all. Because in my mind, if you are someone who overreacts or is a drama queen, whatever, you lack coping skills, which is different than being highly sensitive. Because, and this is something I didn't say yet, is... They're, being highly sensitive is something that's in your brain and you're born with it. It's not something you learn. It's not just a way you decide to be or decide to act. Researchers have found that people who have the trait of high sensitivity, their brain does like different stuff than other people, to say it in a very scientific manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there are things, there are studies you can read if, if you're interested, if someone, anyone's interested in learning more about the actual like scientific um, evidence of it, they're out there. I'm not the greatest person to talk about it because I'm not a scientist, but it is something that you're born with. Hmm. That's interesting. So is this the, the work that you were saying that, um, is it, uh, Dr. Erin? Yes. Yeah. She that, is the, probably, well, definitely the foremost researcher that doing that work. Okay. Awesome. Now, is this something that is, I guess a phenomenon that's just now coming about because I've been seeing a lot lately, as you've mentioned, you know, different articles that are talking about, you know, um, people being labeled as as a highly sensitive person, or or is it something that um, is thought is now starting to make its way into the mainstream, but it's already been found out in research. Yes, it's mm-hmm. been around for a number of years. Just a couple of months ago, I think maybe in September, a documentary movie came out uh, that Dr. Elaine Aaron was a big part of and Alanis Morissette was in it, um, talking about everything about being highly sensitive. It was a fantastic documentary. I highly recommend anyone who's interested. I think you could uh, view it online, like you pay a couple dollars and you could watch it online. Okay. And it explains everything about being highly sensitive. So I think that was a big moment for high sensitivity. And honestly, I kind of feel like the the huge popularity of 
the introvert movement mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier, I feel like that might bring it about as well because okay. people are so much more open to that whole thing, like introvert, extrovert, and like the acceptance of it. Like people almost like brag about being an introvert nowadays, <laughs> like it's cool. Um, and it, I'm not saying it's not cool. It's just, it's cool no matter what you are. If you're introvert or extrovert, it's fine. Um, I feel like that might even help bring it about because people are more open to that type of thinking. So now they might be more open to learning about being highly sensitive as well. Now, that's interesting. And and you brought up introvert and extrovert. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you also say what what those are? Because I'm thinking like Mm -hmm. when you say introvert that that. I guess when when we normally think of it, that's a person who who what doesn't they, they they get the connotation that there's someone who is awkward or shy, is <laughs> but it's more it's more of a sensory thing, right? Yeah, and that's a common uh, view that people have is that if you're introvert, that you're awkward or shy, and that's actually not necessarily the case. It um in a very basic level, in my mind, an introvert is someone who is when they're around other people, it takes energy away from them. Like I expend, I'm an introvert. So when I'm around, like, let's say I'm at a party or at a bar or something, mm-hmm. being around a lot of people, like it ex- takes energy away from me. Like I have to spend energy. Whereas if you're an extrovert, you are energized by being around people like that gets you going and you love it. And if you're alone too much, you might feel the need to, you know, I need to get out. I need to be around people. I need to have some social interaction. Right. Whereas for an introvert, it's kind of the way around. Whereas I'm like, oh, I've been around people too much. I kind of just need to get away and mm-hmm. just have some quiet time. <laughs> so um, most HSPs are introverts. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember the percentage right now. I can't believe I forgot. I think, oh my goodness, something like 70 or 80% of HSPs are introverts, but there are extroverted HSPs. So they are different. Interesting. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, so it's like, <laughs> kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely, it's one of those things where I guess it's like not all black and white. You can have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a, a, a blend of a little bit of both or somewhere, I guess, fall, fall in the middle between the two spectrums. Yeah, totally. There are people, you can be an ambivert, which is mm-hmm. when you're in the middle between introvert and extrovert. Yeah, none of this stuff, like you said, it's not black and white. Everybody's different. So, yeah. That's awesome. So earlier before we got on, you were talking about, you know, like there's a test that you can take mm. to kind of figure out where you are, you know, on that spectrum. Can you touch on that? And then also, you know, how, you know, how learning about yourself and trying to figure out if you are, you know, a highly sensitive person and, and how that can Im- impact your life or, you mm-hmm. know, help and understand and accept yourself and others. Yeah. So there's a quiz on uh, Dr. Erin's site and her site is hsperson.com. And there are self-tests that you can take there and get an idea. Sensitive. Um, So that's a a really great place to start. So as far as learning about, um, as far as uh, how learning about whether you're highly sensitive can impact your life, I think this is the key to everything. Because learning about whether you're highly sensitive or you're an introvert or an extrovert or whatever it is, whatever personality or whatever trait that you're learning about, the most important thing is that you're learning about yourself and it can impact you and help you better understand how other people act in the world who don't have that trait. So for me, learning about high sensitivity was this huge kind of cloud lifting, like this weight coming off of me. And I hear 
so many people saying the same thing because it's, yeah, it's so great because it's like you're realizing for the first time, I am not the only one who feels this way. I'm not crazy. I'm not wrong. I'm not weird. There are so many people who have these exact same things as me. Like an example is, um, I really don't like scary or really violent movies. And I remember when I was young, like, you know, my teens and stuff, um, all my friends always wanted to go see like really gory, scary movies. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And then, and I remember my, you know, boyfriend back a million years ago would be like, come on, you know, you have to see the movie. Like, and I'd be like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm not seeing this movie. Right. You can't talk me into it. I'm not just being like a scared girl. I'm not, I don't want to see this movie. Right. Um, and I'd always wonder like, what's wrong with me? Like why all the, everyone else likes scary movies and violent movies. What's wrong with me? Like, why can't, why do I hate this so much? Like they really, really bother me. And now I realize I'm not alone. There are tons of people who feel that way. So learning those things about yourself can help you. At least for me, I felt like I accepted myself for the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it can give you confidence and that's awesome. And additionally, my husband Jim is an extrovert and he does not he does not have the trait of high sensitivity. So he's very different from me. Okay. So that also is in um learning about high sensitivity has really helped me understand him better too because now I see how I react to things. I'm like, "Oh, well, he feels the other way. <laughs> he feels the opposite way. And that's fine too. Like neither of us are wrong. We're mm-hmm. both okay. And then you just have to figure out how to make things work and how to find that happy medium. And it can help you in the workplace too. I think if you're a manager, it's really great to realize which of your employees have you know different personality traits and how you can work with them and how you can get the most out of them as well. So it's a great tool to just learn more about just be more aware of yourself and everyone else around you. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Now, as someone who has, you know, taken the test and, and found out more about yourself and that you are a highly sensitive person and, and what that means, um, are you finding that that other people are, you know, also ex- accepting of that, um, of what, of what, um, goes on with you or are they still kind of like they don't understand it and because they don't understand it they um, dismiss it Hmm. that's a good question I I think I wrote a blog post kind of about this topic once it was whether you should tell people that you're highly sensitive Mm -hmm. and hmm, this is a good question Uh, I think most of my friends know that I've like got this blog and this podcast but I don't think they know that much about it they haven't really looked into it I don't I don't talk about it. So I do kind of keep it to myself and sort of private, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I only really talk about it maybe with other people who are highly sensitive or who are, you know, have shared that they are. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really feel the need to talk about it with other people because it definitely is people can be sort of judgmental about it and I don't want them to think negatively of me because of their misunderstanding of what being highly sensitive might be. Okay. And I also think in the professional world, it's even probably more important in my opinion to maybe keep it to yourself. <laughs> like if you're in the workplace or at a job, I've, uh, I don't think I've ever talked about it in a, in a professional environment. So yeah, I guess I do kind of keep it to myself. I don't feel the need to go around like telling everybody. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm not ashamed of it. As long as I have the opportunity to explain it and explain 
look, it doesn't mean that we're all, we cry all the time and we can't, you know, everything I said earlier, then I think most people are able to accept it and understand it. Not sure if that answered your question. No, yeah, that makes sense to me. And, and you brought up, you know, workplace. And have you have you found that, you know, whether, you know, you're a highly sensitive person or not, that like the depend, determines, you know, what, what is the best environment for you to work in or not work in? That's a great question. And I have, I've written up a couple of blog posts about mm-hmm. careers and which jobs are best for HSPs. And without question, by far the most searched for red thing on my site is about that topic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. A couple of years ago when I first started learning more about high sensitivity and thinking about it deeply, I, I wrote some posts about like, here's a list of jobs I think would be good for highly sensitive people. But as time has gone on, I kind of re-examine that because it doesn't necessarily matter what your job is. It, everything matters. Like your boss matters. That physical environment you're in matters. So let's say you have a job that maybe isn't, I'm not going to name job that <laughs> to be negative. Like I was going to say an accountant, but I don't want to talk smack about accountants. <laughs> like let's say you have a job that's, you know, maybe not seen as being like the most exciting or fulfilling job. Mm-hmm. But if you have a boss who is just great and you get along with really well and then your, you know, coworkers are really nice and your environment's very comfortable and quiet and peaceful, et cetera, et cetera, you might be very happy in that situation because of all the other things around you. So I think it's the complete package. There probably are jobs, well, there definitely are jobs that would be more well-suited to a highly sensitive person than Mm -hmm. wouldn't be, just as there would be probably with introverts and extroverts. But I think it's really the complete package that you have to look at. And that's a tough thing to tell someone because that's not really extremely helpful. (laughs) Like if someone is highly sensitive and they're like, well, what should I go into? What career should I pursue? What should I study in school? And then for me to be like, well, it depends on your boss. It depends on this. That's not the most helpful thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I would... um, I still have that list of jobs on my site of ones that I think are good for a highly sensitive person. So I would probably review that and take that with a grain of salt and just think about, and I do think being an introvert and extrovert plays into it too, because mm-hmm. if you're an extrovert, you might really enjoy a job where you're surrounded by people all the time. Whereas if you're an introvert, you might get overwhelmed by that. So that's a big thing to keep in mind too, when you're looking at your, in your professional career. Yeah, that makes sense. So kind of like taking in all aspects of of the job, like you said, the boss, the people you're working with, uh, the environment mm-hmm. that it's in, the, the type of work you're doing, all kind of uh, all adds up to determine like if this is going to be the best situation for me or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. And an, another, um, well, another thing that I said is, well, let me rephrase that. One job that might be good for a highly sensitive introvert, which is a very specific <laughs> type of person, is working for yourself, working from home, which is what I do currently. Mm-hmm. And I was really big on this. I was like, this seems like the perfect solution because I can control my environment completely, like how much noise I have around me, my desk, you know, my ergonomic keyboard, <laughs> <laughs> all of that stuff, the light coming in the window. I can work when I feel most productive in, during the day. I can do what I want, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a wonderful uh, possibility for people. But 
everything has its pluses and minuses. There are challenges with that as well. When you work for yourself, there could be a lot of stress because it's not as um, reliable as a typical nine to five job. Like if you, let's say you're a freelancer, for example, it can be challenging because you have to maybe constantly look for different jobs. And that can be kind of stressful and overwhelming. Whereas going to a job every day, nine to five, in a way is almost kind of easier because you can rely on it and that type of thing. So I would recommend for people to consider uh, working for themselves or working from home, but keep in mind, it's challenging too. Like there's no, yeah, there's no slam dunk, perfect answer. You just need to figure out what works for you. No, definitely. And and since you brought that up, I am um, curious uh, to know is like, what, what is it about, you know, what you're doing that, you know, that fulfills you, that, that gets you up every day and, and keeps you, you know, um, moving forward to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. In regards to the, the my blog and podcast for the highly sensitive people, um, I do have several different things I do and different work mm-hmm. that I do to uh, make a living. But my highly sensitive stuff um, doesn't really make <laughs> very much money, but it's definitely the most fulfilling thing that I do. Okay. And I get emails and comments on my blog all the time from people just saying the most wonderful things that make me so happy and they make me realize like, yes, this is exactly what I was trying to accomplish. That's awesome. People are saying, you know, learning about highly sensitive people change their lives or et cetera, all that stuff. The same realizations that I had when I first learned about it, Mm -hmm. they're saying that they're having. So I'm like, that's awesome. And that's exactly what I want. So that's what keeps me going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. And so you mentioned, you know, your book and uh, what what is it about? I I know it's probably on the same subject, but what what sort of things are are you covering? Um, And and what's it called? Mm -hmm. The book is called A Highly Sensitive Person's Life, which is the same title as my blog. Okay. And what it is is mainly like a it's almost like a collection of blog posts. And it does contain. Yeah, it does contain a lot of the content from some of my early blog posts. And it's like a, a collection in different sections. And my but my goal with it was to take the approach of being very casual, very friendly, like um, one person compared it to like, chatting with a friend while drinking a cup of tea or something oh, like, that. like that. I know. I was like, Ooh, can I put that in my Amazon right now? <laughs> um, and that's exactly what I wanted is I wanted that very like mm, sort of beginner, you know, it's sort of like an introduction to being highly sensitive for people who are just learning about it. If, or even if they, you have someone in your life who's highly sensitive and you just want to understand them better. Um, I've heard people say they bought it like for their friends that's what it really is, is it's just very kind of beginner, friendly, casual, sometimes a little bit humorous, sometimes I'm a little bit ranty. Okay. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's just supposed to be entertaining. That's cool. I, I like that. And and so and bringing that up about uh, the, the casual approach of explaining what it is, um, what, what have you found, you know, through your research or even talking with others is – is the way that you can thrive, you know, as in, uh, as a highly sensitive person. And because mm-hmm. I know we can kind of see things sometimes as negative because of um, the connotation that others place on us. But is it, is there a way that we can thrive? And, and when you're thriving, I guess it's a, a, a two part question. Are you really having to, 
you know, live your life in a different way. Because I think sometimes it, we can be, uh, become so so into what we are ourselves that we begin to think that we have to do like everything completely different. It's like being a, a left-hander in a right-handed mm. world or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so these are some good questions. So how to thrive and the one that you just said was about living differently. So maybe I'll answer that first. Okay. Um, okay, let me think about this for a second. Let me mm-hmm. get everything straight. <laughs> for me, learning about being highly sensitive isn't, you know, you don't act like you need to be treated differently. You okay, don't want right. people to treat you like, like they have to walk on eggshells around you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, to me, that's like the worst thing. Like I'd never want anyone to feel that way because that's, just awful, (laughs) you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it can help, it can help you learn how to treat yourself. Like you can treat yourself a little more delicately and gently. And this is something I read in a great book called The Untethered Soul, I believe, or The Untethered Life by a man named Michael Singer. And it's Mm -hmm. a wonderful concept that when you're talking to yourself in your head and you're upset about something you did and you're just like, oh, I'm so stupid. Like, why did I say that? Or why can't I just be normal? And like, oh, and you're really angry and you're like yelling at yourself. Right. In his book, he says, well, ask yourself, would you talk to another person like that? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so impactful because I do that all the time. It's so easy to be self-critical, especially when you're highly sensitive. Um, and even if you're not, you, a lot of times you have these really high standards for yourself and you feel like sometimes you're not meeting them and you get so mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, I wouldn't talk to another person like that. So why on earth am I treating myself so negatively? So I think that's a good thing to remind yourself is to maybe treat yourself a little more delicately and gently and give yourself a break. I mean, okay. you give other people breaks and second chances. So that's one way you can live differently and thrive on the inside. Okay. No, that makes you know? sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I would never want anyone to treat me differently as a HSP. It's just a trait. It's just something to know about myself. And um, as far as thriving, I think um, what I was mentioning earlier about how you can use this information. I mean, this information is so valuable. You can use it to figure out everything else in the world. You can use it to better understand other people who are different than you. Right. You know, like I said, like in the workplace and your your family and your friends and your loved ones, that's to me the best way to thrive. And also to think about the, the cool things about being highly sensitive, the positive things. Like um, we tend to really deeply feel and appreciate art and nature mm-hmm. and things like that. We have a lot of empathy for other people and that can be a really wonderful quality I once communicated with this man who um, was in a really awful car accident and he was grievously injured and was in the hospital for a long time and he was blind, blinded by the accident. And he wrote several books about his experience, about how the medical professionals that helped him just made all the difference in the world because they had that empathy. Like he was, he was terrified. He was a teenager. He was blind. He couldn't move. His entire body was like broken. Mm And this one nurse or a couple of nurses made all the difference because they treated him like an individual and it was really moving. And then you think, wow, it's, we're so lucky to have people in our world who have this deep empathy, like people who are nurses, you know, traditional idea you think of as people who are nurses and doctors in the medical profession. 
because we need those people. Like imagine you're in his position. You need someone who's oh, going to yeah. support you and oh, help. Definitely. Yeah. Cause you're terrified. And this person like touched his hand and like, it was really moving. Um, what was his name? I think I should tell you his name after telling his story. Can you hold on one second? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a bunch of his books in my cupboard. I just went and, oh, go awesome. and looked. His name is, um, the man I was talking about, his name is Marcus Engel. If anyone is interested, he has written a couple books about that. And he's even written books, not to get too off topic here, but uh, he's written a book for medical professionals to help them realize how empathy is so important. And oh, wow. I actually read once that um, people who are in the medical fields, they offer classes on how to be more empathic or to have how to treat patients more gently, mm-hmm. you know, like in an emotional way, because some people don't automatically have that in them. I think that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Sorry, I got <laughs> super off topic there, but no, I, I, I just... Love, no, I love hearing that. And can you, can you spell um, his last name? Yeah, it's E-N-G-E-L. And Marcus is his first name. Well, that's awesome. So thanks for sharing that because I'm always looking for, you know, other resources because even for me, I find that um, being empathetic is is great for relationships. And and because mm-hmm. and, I even had a guest on the show um, the other day, Rick Goodfriend was his name, and he is a communications expert. And, and, and the thing that we really dove into was compassionate uh, communication mm. and and just really you know being present you know with the person you're speaking with and and if you're wanting to go you know deeper in conversation with that person just just uh, you know valuing what they're saying I guess and 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 really letting them know that that you're paying attention to whatever it is that they're talking about and that you're you know, asking them questions about what it was that they were saying so that they could express themselves in, in whatever way that, that they needed to in that moment. So I think that it is a great trait for for a highly sensitive person or even for highly sensitive people and to really want to be empathetic with, with others. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great trait. I mean, sometimes it can feel like a blessing and a curse when, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when sometimes you might be feeling emotional in a situation where you don't want to be emotional because things just really touch us very deeply. Mm-hmm. But it, like we were saying, it can be a benefit in certain jobs where you need empathy to comfort, you know, other people or, or even animals, you know, veterinarians, people like that. Um, so, yeah, if you want to thrive, think about the positive things that you have, like, yeah, maybe there are some things that are more challenging for you as an HSP, but there are also things about you that are really great and can really be like a benefit to the world. Yeah, I think what you're saying too is that it, it comes back to, you know, how, how it makes it helpful for you to thrive by knowing about yourself is just having that, uh, would you say, that awareness and mm-hmm. and just being awake to the fact that, you know, this is your traits and, and just really taking that, that, that time to, you know, explore yourself, I guess, and, and just really understand who you are and, and how you think. Yeah, totally. I agree with that completely. Now, now for you, um, are you still discovering, you know, different things about yourself or are you kind of at the point now where it's like, well, I know what traits I have and which ones I don't, or are you still growing as you um, 
go along in life? Uh, no, I'm done. I've stopped learning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, of course, there's always more to learn. I just went to dinner with a friend uh, last night, and she mentioned a couple of books. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many books out there that are so amazing and that are so enlightening that I right. still have to read and that can help you learn. Um, like what I mentioned earlier about uh, the book that taught me about not to talk so meanly to yourself. Like just mm -hmm. that little nugget of information was so valuable, and I think about that all the time. So there's always more to learn. There's so many amazing books that people have written about just learning more about yourself and more about other people. So there's always more to learn. <laughs> I'm always open to learn more things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was just curious because I think it's cause I think it's always good, important to hear that you know uh, when we're talking about a, a different subject, like there's always so much more to learn, and that like mm -hmm. I mean, even today I'm learning a lot from you about about how it's into the person and, and, and what it means, what it doesn't mean. So I think that's very fascinating, especially when you talk about that it affects more than just you but, or, or I guess it helps you understand, you know, how, um, how other people view reality and, and what challenges or non-challenges that they perceive. And, and, and when you are in that sort of situation and you're saying like, well, this is how I would see it, and and you understand how someone else would you know view it how do you and you're trying to solve an issue i guess how do you come to like a happy medium so that like it's a a one one for both parties or do you just not get involved in those hmm let's see so i'm trying to think about what you're asking me here um can you sort of say that, ask me what was the, what is your what are you asking me i'm not sure yeah absolutely so when you're you know, you're, I guess, in a situation and you know how you would see it as a highly sensitive person. Okay. And, and exact, and, and then, but because if you're aware of other traits, you know how um, a person with different traits would view it. Mm -hmm. um, do you kind of just accept, you know, that they have a different way of looking at it or do you allow them to say, this is how we're going to do it or do you try to come to like a happy medium? Okay. Part of that has to do with confidence, I think, as well, because, I mean, I question myself all the time. Like, if I feel a certain way about something, like, oh, I think something should be done a certain way, and then I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Like, may, you know, I'm. <laughs> it could be, I don't know if that's a lack of confidence, or am I just open to other people's <laughs> ideas and interpretations of things? So I definitely will put my thoughts out there, and I feel like I try to think about how other people think about things. Like um, one example I made on my blog a long time ago mm -hmm. is I was going to a dinner at a friend's house and um, I'm forgetting what holiday it was for. It was for a Jewish holiday. Like, um, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember which one, but it was one where you have like a, a nice dinner. Mm -hmm. And um, so my husband and I, we were, we had the job of buying the bread for it, the challah bread, which is like a traditional type of Jewish bread. So we okay. went to this Jewish bakery and we didn't know what to get because we're not Jewish. So I start thinking of all of these things like, well, should we get – there's a bunch of different kinds, varieties of this specific bread. I'm like, well, should we get this one or should we just get the cheap one or should we get the yeah. fancy one? Or the, And some of them are already sliced. So I'm thinking all these scenarios in my head like my friend is making this fancy dinner. I didn't want to mess it up. And – and my husband, Jim, was like, oh, I'll just get that one. Let's just get the cheap one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but, but what about? <laughs> and then the lady's like, okay, do you want it slice? And I'm like, oh. And I start thinking of all these things. Like, well, I think you're supposed to like tear the bread. 
what if we're not supposed to get it sliced? And then, and Jim's like, yeah, slice it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so to him, like, he didn't even think about it for a second. It was just like, yeah, just, just do it. And in my head, I'm going through all these scenarios like, well, what if it's the wrong thing? Like, what if that's, you know, and even when, after we left, I was so nervous that we bought the wrong thing. I didn't want to show up at the wrong bread. Right. And he was done with it. Like he had moved on. <laughs> he had moved on in his life. And I just thought that was kind of an interesting way to see how two different people think about a situation. Neither mm-hmm. of us were necessarily wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And also in that situation, I kind of envied that he was able to just get through it because my worrying and additional thought that I expended on the topic didn't really benefit me <laughs> or anyone. The bread ended up being fine. So mm-hmm. that was good. But oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So, so there are different, you know, it was kind of funny, like looking back on it now, but I think sometimes I will think about things a little more and that's actually a benefit. Okay. Where in other times, maybe it's not like in the bread situation, my additional thought and worry didn't really help me. Mm-hmm. But there are times when I think the fact that I think about things more thoroughly or deeply or emotionally than he does, that actually helps us. So it could be a benefit and you just have to kind of learn to sort of pick your battles. And mm-hmm. um, I don't always think that the way I, I think is right. And I'm just open to like everyone's, you know, everyone has different a different story that's taken right. them where they are today and gives them the outlook that they have. And I always am trying to better understand other people's outlooks and how they process the world. No, absolutely. No, that was, that was very interesting. So thanks for sharing <laughs> that. And um, so we've talked about, you know, what a highly sensitive person and, you know, what that means, what it isn't. And we've also talked about, uh, you know, your book and your blog and just the different resources that, that you've learned from as well as, you know, how to thrive as a highly sensitive person and, and just how understanding, you know, what traits you have and, 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 and how to, you know, use them to your advantage. Um, with those different things being said, uh, what, what for you, uh, coming down to the last two questions, um, the first one being, you know, call to action, you know, for us, even for myself or the listeners tuning in, what, what would you say for us um, to do moving forward um, just to get more uh, in-depth and, you know, a highly sensitive person or, or just really listening to ourselves more? Like what would be your um, two cents on that? Sure. If, if you're listening to this and any of this talk, <laughs> any of my talking about highly sensitive people has rung a bell in your head and mm-hmm. you feel like, huh, maybe I'm one of these these weird HSP people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not weird. You're not weird. Um, I definitely recommend, you know, check out my blog or just Google highly sensitive person and start reading a couple things, take the quiz that I mentioned. And, um, you might find that it's really enlightening and that you learn more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else was I going to say? Oh, and I want to thank you for, um, you for being open-minded to this topic as well. And for other people out there listening who feel like, no, this isn't me. I I really don't see myself as being a highly sensitive person. My call to action to you would to be, if you can, try to just open your mind to the fact that there are people out there who are like this. And that doesn't mean that they are wrong or bad. They are just another kind of person that we need in this world. Mm. Another way to think about it is if high sensitivity was a bad trait, if it was something that was negative to humans, it would have been bred out of us 
a long time ago. There's a reason that people still have the trait of high sensitivity. We're born with it in our brains. There are benefits to it. Otherwise, the human kind would have, you know, gotten rid of it. Right. <laughs> would have well, bred it out of us. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it that way. That's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, just really being, you know, open minded and, and and realizing that it's not good or bad to be different. I mean, it's just it's just different. This is a, a different way how someone else processes things, and that's neither good nor bad. It's just like you said, you know, there's just different types of people. So I think that's valuable to hear. So thanks for sharing that. And also thank you for, for that compliment. I'm really glad I was able to, you know, have you on to, to learn more about this. Um, so that was awesome. And then final question is for you and, and everything that you've gone through, you know, along your journey and, and this new journey you're on with uh, the highly sensitive person and, and just moving forward into things that you enjoy doing and that bring you fulfillment, what would be your definition of uh, fulfilling life's yearnings? Uh, ooh, a big question. <laughs> I mean, as I get older, and I think a lot of people feel this way now, Just it's just kind of our time right now, is that quality of life is so important. I think back in maybe my parents' day or my grandparents' day or our grandparents' days, it was a lot of a lot of being an adult was about money. It was about making money and having a job. Like my dad had the same job his entire life. And now like nobody does that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think fulfilling life's yearnings is just finding a way to have the best quality of life that I can and realize that not every moment is happy. You can't be happy all the time because if you don't have unhappiness, then you can't have happiness. So it's a balance. And a way that you feel fulfilled and calm. And that includes self-care too. If you're someone who's kind of a sort of a nervous, anxious person, like you have anxiety like me, you know, make sure you include meditation and yoga and don't forget to take care of yourself. So it's find something you can do every day, whether it's your job or your career, that you're content with. You know, you don't have to be thrilled every day. You're not going to mm -hmm. be bouncing off the walls happy every day. Right. Something you're content with. And if you're not, then you need to make a change. Um, make change is scary, but it's also exciting. So embrace the excitement and always think that you're going to end up being okay. Like if you trust in yourself and you work hard and you're a good person, I like to think that if you put that out there kind of in the universe that things will end up being okay. You have to trust yourself and don't be afraid to make changes in your life because you're smart, you're hardworking, things will work out. So overall, put it all in a nutshell, package that up, um, trust in yourself, um, self-care, and don't think that you need to be wildly happy every single day. Just need to be content and have a good quality of life. How's that for rambling? <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And that was Kelly O'Lachlan. Did I get it right there? O'Lachlan. O'Lachlan. Shoot. Close. <laughs> that was Kelly <laughs> O'Lachlan. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that. Again, this is Blake Sule, and thanks for listening in. And Kelly, before we go, uh, where can we check out you know, all of your works? Yes, you can check them out on my blog, which is highlysensitiveperson.net. There you go. Awesome. So I will be including all of those 
in the show notes page. And again, just thank you for uh, spending some time with me today and, and, and talking about uh, highly sensitive people and just really debunking some of the things that that are out there. And, and I feel it's important to know this, just even if you're not a highly sensitive person or you don't think it concerns you, just be aware of, you know, of our fellow human beings and the different sorts of things that they go through and and just understand it is really all I feel it I can suggest is if you're not someone that's highly sensitive or um or you might know someone who is, you don't need to be, you know, hard on them or anything. Just understand that that's their makeup and, you know, either accept them for who they are or, you know, don't be the type of person who wants to, you know, rub it in their face and 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 be mean and hurtful. So again, um, thanks again for sharing that message. And as always, uh, go out there and and be fly. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode which is located on the home page, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if fulfilling life's yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.